time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today, we continue our spooktacular October by watching Groovy Ghoulies from 1970. I was really confused by this one. This was a strange one. It wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what to expect coming into it. Just for a little bit on it, it was originally called Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies because it was a direct spinoff of the Sabrina cartoon, which was a spinoff of the Archie cartoon. It was the third in the line of these things, and it was uh, produced from 1970 to 1972 by Filmation. It had two seasons for a total of 16 episodes, really one season and a quarter of another season. Didn't have much, so 16 total episodes. And then a special with uh, Daffy Duck and Porky Pig, Meet the Groovy Ghoulies, from 72, which was a one-hour special. For a short synopsis from IMDb, Sabrina's involved with the band of monsters, the Groovy Ghoulies, a rock band with Dracula, the Wolfman, and Frankenstein, who scare people for their own amusement. It sounds a lot more terrifying than it really is. Yeah, it really isn't. Like, (laughs) There's no kind of scary whatsoever (laughs) in this cartoon. Absolutely not. One of the things that was weird, and I wanted to mention this, was when we picked this one, we had so much trouble finding information about it. All the information on the internet seems not accurate because there's a lot of confusion between, since there was two different names, Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies, and then the Groovy Ghoulies. Episode names were all mixed up. Even if you go to IMDb, some of the people that they list, some of the voice actors, don't even have characters associated with them. They just know that they were there. So it's (laughs) it's weird that there's not a lot of info about this. It's true. I think that We haven't taken the time to research this a little bit. I think that the information you hear from us is going to probably be the most accurate gathering of information you're going to find on this show. Right. We're going to beat Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah. Take that, Wikipedia. Score one, us. Wikipedia, 10 million plus. Since this cartoon is older than us, so I would assume we don't really have any memories of this. I don't. I I don't know about you. Yeah, my memories of this are just very fleeting. I remember it. It was re-released in the 80s to some degree. I mean, it was the same show, just in syndication, but I vaguely, vaguely remember it. And I may have seen an episode or two as a child, but there was so little I knew about it, only really the imagery, that it was essentially like stepping in for the first time. So... Let's put it all aside and assume we had never seen this show because we basically hadn't. Yeah, I definitely hadn't seen it. But I do recognize a lot of the names of the people who voiced some of the characters. So the ones that I could find out, (laughs) because some of it's just really up in the air. Pretty much everyone that did a voice on this show has been in a lot of things that we would recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the weird ones, though, a guy by the name Dallas or Dal McKinnon. We don't know who he voiced. They just list him under the voices, but they don't say who it was. So mystery Um, voice. Right. But he voiced Gumby and Pokey from the Gumby show. Oh, nice. And Archie. He was Archie in the actual Archie cartoon, which this is a spinoff of the spinoff of Archie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So... And then we had John Irwin, who voiced the mummy, who was another Archie guy. He was Reggie from Archie. 
But he did a lot of voices that we will recognize, such as He-Man and Beast-Man. And he was uh, also in a cartoon called Fred and Barney Meet the Thing, which might be the worst cartoon ever if you've ever seen it. <laughs> I never have. <laughs> it's pretty bad. You know what? Already from the beginning, from the get-go, there's misinformation on one of our ends. Or maybe he voiced the mummy in certain episodes because I have the mummy's actor as someone different. Really? Some yeah. Howard okay, Morris. Howard Morris... For me, oh, was see. the voice of Dr. Jekyll, Hansel Roy, Frankie, the Mummy, and Wolfie. He was also Wade the Duck in Garfield and Friends. I did have Howard down as Jekyll. And he was on our last episode. He was in uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Second time he's come up in our show already, so that's kind of cool. And it probably um, won't be the last. Yeah. <laughs> we had a couple people who were involved in a really old Batman and Superman cartoon. It's called the Batman Superman Hour. One was Larry Storch, who I believe was Drac. He was and then, Drac, Goulahan, and Ratso. Yeah. Yep, there we go. And then Jane Webb, who voiced Hagatha, Bella, and Sabrina. She was Catwoman in the Batman Superman Hour and Barbara Gordon Batgirl. Oh, so. she was also Betty and Veronica from the Archie cartoon. That's right. So pretty much everyone from Archie moved to this show to voice some of these miscellaneous characters. I guess since we've already started off naming the characters, just a few of the top build ones. Drac on keyboards, since they are a band. They are a band. And we see that in the intro, outro, and sometimes in between. Frankie, who's drums. Wolfie on guitar. Mummy, who doesn't play an instrument. Uh, Bella <laughs> there Le- are other mummies who play instruments. That, that's true. There's him. there's some like female mummies who play with their dogs. Yeah, so just a bunch of dogs. That's it's a, weird. It's a really weird thing. It's a, it's a weird show, and we'll get into that in a <laughs> second. But Bella Lugosi, obviously inspired by Bella Lugosi, yeah, which is I like awesome. The name for that, definitely. Batso and Ratso. I love Ratso because his voice is like Froggy from the Little Rascals. It's just so right. deep, and it's funny seeing it come out of that little kid. And he's such a little jerk. <laughs> hey, both of them are. It's great. They are definitely the antics of this show. One of my other favorite characters was Bony Part. <laughs> oh, right. Napoleon Bonaparte inspired skeleton wearing like the kind of style hat yeah. as him. And he falls apart a lot. <laughs> De- so I think every time name, I've Bony- seen him, he's falling apart. Right. He is Bonaparte, so it's an appropriate name. Oh, and the guy that voices him is one of my favorite characters ever. He voiced Yukon Cornelius in the old Rudolph. Oh, uh, nice. Animation thing from way back when? Yeah. His name is Larry Mann. Nice. What so, a manly name, too. Seriously, Larry Mann. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I read both Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie have said that they were both inspired by Groovy Ghoulies, which is I've really interesting. I didn't see it, but I read something briefly about some of the, the people that did the voices, did some sort of collaboration like years later, did some sort of like mock interview with both of those two. That's awesome. I've actually seen a lot of inspirations from this show just out in the world now that I am aware of this show. I know there's a band specifically called Groovy Ghoulies, and they actually tied into that mini documentary you were talking about. I think they played a live track on that. So this show, it's reached out further than I had ever known, having not really known about this show much. All the episode titles are one of the two songs sung in each episode. And a lot of the voices are inspired, obviously, by other characters who already exist. Frankie's was a parody of Boris Karloff's Frankenstein. 
The Voice of the Mummy is based on Ed Wynn, who's one of my favorite vaudevillian actors. He was in a lot of Twilight Zone episodes, so I appreciate him. And he was a Mad Hatter in uh, the Alice in Wonderland cartoon. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's a lot of inspirations here, and this cartoon is kind of a montage of ideas. So just like every episode, let's jump into what we watched and give it our little reviews. Just to reiterate the format, we watched three episodes. We start off with the very first episode. The second episode is typically the highest rated episode. This time it's a little bit different, but we'll go into that when we get there. And the third episode is either a random pick or a listener pick. And we'll name these off as we go. So the first one is When I Grow Up, Season 1, Episode 1. We get introduced to the show by... Drac in bat form flying towards the castle and then slamming into it, <laughs> falling down, turning into his regular form and saying, this place is driving me batty. I think that's the intro in to every, like every episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, welcome to Horrible Hall. Yeah, welcome and then to that Horrible scene. Hall. So I, I'm assuming that's where they live, Horrible Hall. Yeah. I, I was wondering if that was a school or just a boarding house or for monsters or what. I have no idea. They really didn't no, explain this at all. There's very little explanation. They just kind of drop you into this world of monsters and you just kind of right. go with it. I guess that's one of the things to explain about this cartoon, too, is there is no plot whatsoever. It's just kind of a series of gags and little sketches and things here and there. And honestly, the the whole show, there's a lot of things about this, and I'll probably draw more comparisons as we go. But a lot of things reminded me of like the Muppet show and that kind of aspect. Some of the, mm-hmm. the way some of the characters act, the format, just different things like that just kind of remind me of that. In the first episode, there's no laugh track, but the later ones right. make up for that by having it like every five seconds. So, <laughs> right. so it's, it's uh, really loud. It is. It goes into this. I, I mean, I don't know how you want to approach this because it's like you said, there's not really a plot. It's just really gags and skits. So is there anything that really stood out to you from the first episode? Um, well, I'm just looking at my notes here. <laughs> my, my very first note says, and I'm just going to read this verbatim. <laughs> what the heck is going on? It's like Universal Monsters done by the Scooby-Doo production team who took acid. (laughs) (laughs) How about, how do you feel about the weird window time? The weird window time was, oh man, it's corny, but it's kind of fun. Like, I think that was, I liked that more than anything else in this show. Yeah. Weird window time is where they just pop out, like. It's kind of like if you've ever seen the show Laugh-In, which is a, a live-action show, it's it's a direct draw from that. A lot of the show is really just skits and uh, parodies of things. So Weird Window Time, it's just everybody popping out of doors and windows and just giving little one-liner jokes. A really Weird Window Time equals bad joke time because that's all they're <laughs> delivering. It's just the worst jokes. But they're kind of self-aware because they'll even like boo themselves or just like <laughs> comment on their own jokes, like how poor they were. There's always a ghost somewhere who boos. Oh, I love that. I actually wrote that down (laughs) in my notes. I love that part. That's my favorite gag from the entire thing is when they're doing something and you just see a ghost going boo. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's actually pretty funny. I I enjoyed that. There's a Little Red Riding Hood parody at first. And then Mummy was like, if this is bad, I'm going to ask for my mummy back. A blue ghost is like, boo. I loved it. That that actually made me laugh hearing yeah. him boo the joke. Same here. I, I think it is funny that they did make fun of themselves in the cartoon. Like they were very they're aware of what they were making. They knew it right. was corny and silly. It's all direct puns to the monster world or horror themed things. It's right. all just like ghouls and ghosts and monsters, everything. 
And I wrote down several jokes just so our listeners can hear these kind of jokes. Oh, please give so, us the delivery. Uh, <laughs> here we go. So this one from Bella Lagosley. So she says, my cousin Stella just married the invisible man. Frankly, I don't know what she sees in him. <laughs> I remember, I remember, zing. Um, Joseph. Yes. What do you grow in your garden in Transylvania? I don't know. Transplants. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Did you ever hear about the werewolf's curse? No. <laughs> Actually, it was uh, someone asked Sabrina this, and she says, no, but if I did, I'd wash their mouths out. With oh, soap. that's right. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Here you go. What kind of boat does a vampire sail? A blood vessel. Oh, of course. And so- one last one. <laughs> this will be then. How do you get into a locked cemetery? With a skeleton key. Ah, I wrote that one down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Did you see the one where somebody was at the doctor and they're like, I'm not feeling good. And they ask him to stick their tongue out and there's a little coat oh, yeah. on it. They're like, well, of course, your tongue is coated. coated. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much these jokes, I'm pretty sure, inspired Laffy Taffy rappers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those popsicles you get as kids where after you eat the popsicle, there's a really terrible joke on it. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty much exactly what this is. So these are probably pretty high quality jokes as far as those jokes go. <laughs> right. They're the best of the worst. The best of the worst. I like it. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character is probably, I mean, typically I like werewolves a lot, but this werewolf, I I mean, he was directly inspired by like Wolfman Jack, the radio host, and or like a surfer hippie dude, but I didn't care for him. Just a, oh, woo, woo. He just kept doing it like every time he spoke, he had to do a little howl and it kind of got old, but I really like yeah. the mummy because like I said, I like Ed Wynn. And even though it wasn't him doing the voice, it was a voice that was inspired by him. So I I enjoyed the mummy just hearing and listening to him. I think I actually liked Drac the most. Not for any particular reason other than there would be several times that others would get into some trouble and he would kind of straighten them out a little bit like Batso and Ratso. He did some pretty funny things to them that I enjoyed. But I did like Wolfie. I mean, he did get kind of annoying, but... I still enjoyed him. How did you describe him again? Like a hippie surfer? Yeah. He's kind of like a 70s beatnik hippie kind of character. Like, oh, if you think of that guy from the Muppets in the band, Floyd Pepper, <laughs> the guy with the, the sunglasses, and he's got the really long sideburns and the big nose. And he's like, hey, man. Like, the, yeah, this it, is wolfy. It's, it's always like pick. calling people like daddy and brother. Yeah. Hey, and daddy. Th- yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, that, that's pretty much him. And you can kind of draw your conclusions just by hearing that because it's kind of a very typical character. I also liked him because when I was little, I had a fish named Wolfie. Oh, okay. And, well, there you uh, go. I was obsessed with Universal Monsters as a kid. So all my goldfish were named after monsters. Oh, nice. So I had Wolfie and I had Frankenfish. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Frankenfish was one of those ones where like it's got the weird big like bubble on the top of its head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. It looks like a monster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The songs that were sung in this episode, since there's two in each, there's one in the middle and one at the end. The first song was Monster Cookbook, which I liked because they were talking about some things that sounded delicious, like marshmallow yeah. tacos, liquor. I wrote that pizza. down too. The marshmallow tacos sound amazing. Right? We're going to have to make some. These musical cuts are like music video kind of antics associated with them. They're kind of like the Monkees. Have you ever watched the Monkees yeah. show where it's like, it's a fake band, but they have these interludes between their episodes. That's a good way to describe the music in this show, too, is it sounds a lot like the Monkees. It's that American band doing an impression of the Beatles kind mm-hmm. of sound. 
is basically what it is. So the Monkees and there's plenty of other bands from that era that, I mean, it's pretty much emulating them to the T. We pretty much covered episode one since it's not really like an intro episode or anything. It's just there. It's just there. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> typically episode two is a highest rated pick, but unfortunately there are no ratings on any of these. So I think Chris chose episode two which yeah. is, Where Are You Going, Little Ghoul, uh, Season 1, Episode 10. Why did you choose this one? I basically had no rhyme or reason for choosing this episode. I just kind of popped it open, saw a thumbnail picture from the episode, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try this one. Because, like we said, there's no info out there about this show almost at all. Nothing that I found when I was trying to choose that could inform me of what I was going to see. So yeah. I just kind of chose one and went with it. I'm glad you did. I enjoyed this episode. It was a fun one. The laugh track started, so yes, you know, say what weird. you will about that. But there was a joke that I wrote from Frankie that was like, I'll be riding my elephant overseas. And then Drag's like, that's silly. Elephants can't fly. And Frankie's like, oh no, haven't you heard of a jumbo jet? <laughs> I did catch that. <laughs> but, oh, just going back to Frankie real quick. He's always being electrocuted, always. Like, he's being yeah, struck, by being struck by lightning or, or something, and yeah. he's just like, I needed that. That was a good impression of him. Like, that's, that's exactly what he sounds like. Yeah, that's <laughs> how he sounds, that's what he does. Yeah. I guess I just good. heard it so much over the course of three episodes, it kind of ingrained in my head. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to do his impression, too, because you, you hear him say it, like, several times an episode, but I just, I can't get it down. <laughs> One thing that's kind of funny about him, too, is in the episodes we watched, they did two skits of fairy tales, and we already talked about they did a version of Red Riding Hood. They also did Hansel and Gretel in this one, and Frankie is always the girl. <laughs> yeah, he's always a little girl. I wrote <laughs> that down, too. He's always wearing a dress and a wig. <laughs> 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 which I which I enjoyed. I like the humor behind that since he's the tallest and bulkiest of them all. It's right. funny to see him in juxtaposition as a little girl in whatever play they're doing. His co-star is typically Wolfie as well. Yeah, it's Wolfie in both of them. So, and Wolfie just looks exactly the same. They don't dress him yeah, up they, really. Well, was he weird. was wearing, I guess he was wearing a red hood in the first episode, but in the second episode, he was just in his regular clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's like he just came on set late. He's like, oh man, I don't have time to dress up. Daddy. Daddy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a song during this, and I don't remember which one it was, but they did it, They did this in the next episode also. So they, they reused a lot of animations and stuff like that during the music mm-hmm. scenes and stuff. But there's a scene in here where you get a glimpse of a teapot and an evil-looking teacup that has a chip in it and looks suspiciously like an evil version of Chip from Beauty and the Beast. But this came first. This came before the animated Beauty and the Beast. So I, I kind of wondered if somebody had seen that and subconsciously or consciously made the character kind of based off that design because it, it looks uncannily similar. Yeah, that's a good point. I saw those and I was thinking the same thing. I, I didn't cross check to see what year Beauty and the Beast came out, but that's a that's an interesting question. I wonder because like I had said earlier, this show has inspired a lot of different projects. So I wonder if in any off way... Those were inspirations for those characters. Obviously not attitude-wise or, you know, they don't look nearly as frightening, but still objects with faces on them. Yep. And I mean, and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even thought that much of it if it didn't have the chip in the top. Too, yeah. Just like the character from Beauty and the Beast. And I think Beauty and the Beast was in the 90s. I think it was early 90s. So, I mean, this show precedes them by like 20 years. Man. So, it's hard not to, to think that they might have gotten some of that from this show, but... I mean, who knows? The first song was called Noises, 
and oh yeah i kind of liked that one yeah that one is pretty cool noises are the strangest thing in the world and it was just a pink <laughs> a pink ghost a scary looking pink ghost going around smiling and frightening people it was like freaking out hagatha for most of the song yeah like messing with her and then she tries to summon something to go after it, but instead it like falls in love with it, and then they both start scaring Hagatha. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the Asket casket? Yeah. Which is it? That's a strange. Why? Why was it a casket? I just have so many questions. Why was it yeah. a casket? In what way did they find out that it was a wise casket or something? It's like a magic eight ball, but it's a casket okay. and it speaks. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, there's no explanation for a lot of these things. You just get dropped in this world and all these things make sense in their world, but doesn't make sense to us. Something else I noticed that was, at least in both of these first two episodes, is Batso and Ratso. They're like little goblins or something. Yeah, they're little goblins or something like that, But and they're mischievous, but their own pranks always end up with them getting spankings at the end of it somehow. Every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> Ratso, his voice... I, I'm trying to remember it so I can emulate it, but it's just like, uh, it's so deep. It's just like, I don't know. You'd have to see it. I'm obviously yeah. not doing it justice. It's they are funny, deep. though. You know what? I, I think I actually enjoyed them more than I did Drax. So I would have to say the team of Batso and Ratso was probably my favorite. Yeah. Mummy were and Ratso good. were probably my two favorite characters. And I did like the Boo Ghost. Yeah. The, the Boo, and, Boo um, Ghost. I liked, I liked Bony Part, too. And oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I... um since we were just talking about the teacup thing, he looks very similar to a character that they put into Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. They had a Napoleon skeleton with the same hat and everything also. I mean, the face looks a little different, but it's way more similar than different. So I can't imagine that there wasn't some sort of inspiration from... Because, I mean, why just throw a Napoleon Bonaparte skeleton into your Corpse Bride movie? Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I'm, gonna, oh. I'm just going to assume from now on that Groovy Ghoulies did it first. Right, exactly. So. <laughs> there was a section of this that I really did enjoy, one of the interlude stories, where it was Mummy's wrap-up, and it was a King Kong parody where he and a woman are about to get married, and then she is like, when we get married, he's going to be under my thumb, and he's going to stop playing with airplanes. Just to set the stage, this is like a King Kong on top on the, of the Empire State Building yeah. with her in hand, but it's just a completely different scenario. He's going to stop playing with planes, he's going to get a decent job, and I'm going to have my mother come live with us, and he just, like, freaks out and drops her. He's like, nope. <laughs> just throws her off the building. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you don't learn anything else from this cartoon, it's never let a woman change you, kids. Or uh, you're going to have to drop them off a building. Exactly. It's the only option. What do you think about the band? We briefly talked about them a little bit. So you've got Frankie and you've got Drac and you've got Wolfie. And then you've got a couple female mummies playing instruments. And then you got a group of just blue dogs. <laughs> I don't know why they're there. Yeah, and these are separate bands. I can't remember the name of the female mummies. It's just like mummies and their dogs or something. I don't know. It might be literal. There's that, and I don't know who the singer is in the main band. Maybe it's Wolfie. There's not really anyone with a microphone. They're just playing instruments. I'm impressed by Drax's keyboarding skills, though, because he has foot keyboard and hand keyboard. Yeah, he's very talented. And then uh, Frankie uses bones as his drumsticks. It's pretty I cool do looking. like that. Being someone that plays drums, I enjoyed that he's using these big femurs <laughs> to yeah. play drums. That was kind of fun. Yeah, so I, I like the band part of it. That part, the musical interludes were probably my favorite part of the show in general. But the song at the end of this episode concerned me a little bit. It was a creepy song. Where are you going, little ghoulie? Where are you going, so little ghoulie? the name ghoul. of the episode. Right, and... 
Drac is stalking this little mummy girl as she's walking through a dark forest at night. And he's like making this creepy laugh and just asking her over and over, where are you going, little ghoul? Is this like a PSA for don't talk to strangers in right. its time? Yeah, that's what it seemed like because it seemed like they were hinting that Drac had some nefarious plans in mind yeah. for this little girl. Yeah. <laughs> it got a little weird. <laughs> it was very weird. And then like, what you got in the package or what you got in the bag, little girl? And just his eyes in one of the scenes are like hypno eyes. He just looks super creepy. And it's like, I respected you, Drac, until I watched this. Right. You've <laughs> uh, got a problem. <laughs> it, so the message is either don't talk to strangers or make sure to use karate on creepy strangers because that's what ends up happening. Yeah, she beats the crap out of him. Yeah. I mean, he deserved it. So, yeah, you know, deserve it. no harm on She's her end. She's too young, Drac. She's too young. Seriously, come on. And she was just going to see her mother and wants to see no other, I think, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was part of the chorus. Yeah. They did it like six times. <laughs> Well, that was pretty much the wrap-up of that episode. So now yep. we can move on to episode three, which was Save Your Good Lovin' For Me. And that was season one, episode 12. That was my choice. I chose it because after reviewing these episodes just very briefly, I ran into this song called Chicka Boom Chicka Boom, which <laughs> kind of really took off. And it was part of this episode. So I wanted to bring it in so I could see it naturally. And much like the others, this episode is just random assortment of skits, antics, and music. It starts with a football game. There was yeah. another ghost booing in this one, yeah, so I appreciated the, that. They had another boo ghost in this <laughs> one. This episode had a lot more of the skits than the last few instead of the wall where they're popping out and telling all the jokes and stuff like that. They didn't really do much of that in this episode. It was mainly skit after skit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the music. Yeah, there was uh, the weirdium, which was, I guess, monster helium because it did the yep. same thing. I like what they did, Batso and Ratso did with the helium when they went fishing with it. All right, let's put some in the water and just made all the fish float up. Right. <laughs> that was pretty clever. Instead of a laugh track, they should have just had rim shot because it would have been after every single joke. I was hoping for eventually getting a... That would have been awesome. <laughs> would have been perfect right there. That The boo ghost needs to be in charge of those things, just insults. Boo. Womp, 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 womp. I love that Bugo. <laughs> He's one of my favorites also. He's right up there with Ratso and <laughs> So that we also got to skip uh, Wolfie trying to go on a vacation. Oh, he got a <laughs> he got a preview of a vacation, which yeah. is pretty clever where he gets a thing in the mail. It's like if you want an instant preview of the tropical paradise vacation, if you send this in and he did and then stuff just starts coming out of this mailbox like the sand, palm tree, surfboard and even the surf. He kind of had a little bit of a rough time there. <laughs> he got more than he bargained for. It. Yeah, he, he got hit with uh, quite a few coconuts. One of the only real continuity things that I saw was in the next skit where Mummy is missing Egypt because of... This is like one of the only tie-ins to this between the skits I ever right. saw because of Wolfie's vacation experience. So it's like, wow, they do live in the same world. It is the I same thing. I caught that too. That was the first, yeah, incontinuity thing that happened. Everything else is just random stuff that yeah. we didn't know if anything actually tied together. And this was the first time. Yeah, so that really stood out to both of us apparently. The Midway song for this one was Save Your Good Lovin' For Me, as the title suggests. That one is just Hauntaroy, which is just the whiny kind of bratty ghoul kid or goblin, I guess, whatever he is, yep. getting chased by a robot girl that Ratso and Batso <laughs> built, and it's just trying to kiss him. I didn't like that character, but that part was kind of funny. You, you didn't like Hauntaroy? He was probably my least favorite. I found him more annoying than anything. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, just because of that, him getting chased by that thing was pretty funny. Yeah, true, true. Then he ends up stuck in, like, a basketball hoop and crying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember so how So everybody wins. 
the end song for this one was Chicka Boom, Chicka Boom, like I was talking about earlier. That was sung by the Rolling Headstones. It's catchy. It is a catchy song. That's one of those songs going to be stuck in my head for a while. I was singing it in the car on the way home to record this. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it so much. Yeah, that's like one thing, though. As, as corny as everything in this show was, the music's still really catchy. Mm-hmm. And probably because it does have that monkeys Beatles kind of vibe to it. It's cleverly written, but corny, so it sticks in your head. Mm-hmm. So now that we've talked about the three episodes that we watched and gave kind of our general overview of the show itself, let's jump back in time and see what we would think of it as children. Chris, would you like to start? Yeah, let me bring out my inner child here. I don't understand this cartoon. It's weird. It's funny, but I don't understand. They have all the best monsters, like Wolfman and Frankenstein, and he plays drums, and I like drums. And I give this cartoon two bowls of cereal out of three. But one of the bowls has raisins. Joseph, do you like this cartoon? The wrapping of this series is incredibly endearing to the horror fan in me, displaying some of my favorite monsters in comical settings with musical interludes, both very well done and incredibly catchy. On the negative side, this show is extremely disjointed, perhaps too fast-paced, and oftentimes more punny than it is actually funny. That said, it did make me want to put together my very own monster-themed band. Maybe Joe and the Skeletoons? Maybe Wolfman Joe and the Howlers? I don't know. I'll work on it. But in closing, I would rate Groovy Ghoulies two bowls of cereal out of three. It's not my favorite monster show ever, but I can certainly understand and appreciate its popularity, especially for its time. Now, back to the old guys. That's rude. Yeah. Thanks for those reviews and uh, the delightful pass-off, kids. Jerks. (laughs) Next week, we continue our spooktacular October cartoon spree when we watch... Ah! Real monsters! Well, it looks like we're all out of milk again, so it's time for us to say goodbye. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. You can make a request, see the current request list, or speak with the show host by visiting the Cartoon Boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for Nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday. 